We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. An hour later, you and I start recording. <laughs> we, have been, we have been talking at each I other, know, fighting over each other for updates for an hour because I've been off editing and, and kind of in my little editorial hole and not really much in contact. And you've been off doing other things, including, I have to add, shooting extra shots for the film. Yeah, actually, we have been. We've been shooting some extra stuff that actually needed to get shot. Yes. And uh, yes. Chance and I went and did that, got, uh, got some more filming done. And then, of course, as I'm reading through all the debates, all the car debates you guys have sent in, mm-hmm. I'm actually finding myself wanting an Acura NSX and wanting all these other Uh-oh. cars. And I think I'm, I'm going backwards in terms of my car proclivities and wanting the old school. <laughs> You've turned and around. I, I'm, I love I'm, it. I suddenly find a car and then I go down that rabbit trail. Uh-huh. And then, of course, Bring a Trailer comes up and all these other yeah. sites come up and I go chase... Lately, it's Acura NSXs, the first gens, and I'm finding all these awesome cars, oh, and I just want one. And yeah. then there was some other car that I wanted. It was a BMW or something that I just I wanted this car, and I had to go yeah. old school. And I'm I'm willing Funny. to you know take the maintenance on the chin if there I just go. get there this feeling from all these other cars. I'm chasing myself. It's, you you it's and I crazy. are walking around carrying a contagious disease and sharing it with no all of you kidding. listening. Thank you guys. Actually, we've gotten a couple of emails just this week where people are like. Okay, so I have this car. It's perfectly normal. But now, thanks to you guys, I'm thinking of, and here comes the email, which is awesome. Thank you guys it's for It's no longer the fanning the flames. It's no. like a direct injection. It's the perfect. glass lo- to your brain. I like love that. Straight That's into your great. bloodstream. That's what we want to do. That's great. In, in case you haven't been following along, yes, uh, editing and reshoots are happening on a feature film that premieres in four days. happy tuesday there's nothing going on happy tuesday that's happening uh season four is in post-production actually it's it's kind of stalled right now because there's a movie to finish uh gear is going to need to be bought so that we can shoot season five yes yes Uh, let's see what else is what else is going on oh i have a new thing that's going on and and honestly this is going to start sounding like a joke and it's going to get somber quick so brace yourself uh meanwhile just to add everything else that's going on i am now dealing with a death in the family yeah i i wish this was a joke but the yeah. stuff that has happened over the course of the Corvette shoot since we started shooting this film in September is staggering. It just – we're fighting to the very end. And it's not over yet. No, 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 we're no. We're clawing and scratching to no, the no. very Next, end. You know what? Next Tuesday's podcast will either be the most triumphant you and I have ever been or we will be asleep for an <laughs> or, hour. Or an hour of silence. It'll just be snoozing. You'll hear a sound <laughs> machine and two guys just breathing heavily because we're out somewhere. Exactly. That's all that's happened. Just Exactly. <laughs> it's all that's going to happen no, next kidding. Tuesday. No, but seriously, here's the thing. In the midst of all of this, I, I locked picture last week, mm-hmm. okay? A week mm-hmm. ago today, I locked picture. The same day my wife gets a call, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I'm going to try to be light about this, but I also am serious about it because I had an experience the last few days that really struck me, and I felt like I should share a little bit of it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. My wife, uh, my in-laws is actually my wife's mom mm-hmm. and her stepdad right who's raised her since she was six okay it's her dad that's and, and i have never met her biological father i've been married to her for 20 years never met the man okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but she gets a call on monday that her biological dad has died now yeah they have had an estr- a strange relationship her entire life since her parents divorced at age six okay my wife is in her 40s as i am and she is now angry at me for sharing that but anyway the point <laughs> is the point is i've been married to her for 20 years never met this man over the past year or so, uh, and they've you know kept connecting every decade or so. Over the past year or so, she has been on a proactive attempt to reconnect with him, and he hasn't wanted to. 
and she has tried many, many times to make it happen. And his current wife wanted it to happen and was fighting for my wife on her behalf with him, and it was not making progress. He has been sick in that way you are when you're in, in your 70s and not in great health, but not like sick like you're about to die. And then he died suddenly. Mm. So I found myself in a tiny little town in Montana watching my wife, I'm going to try to get through this, reconnect with her dad over his dead body, literally. Mm. Open casket, awful, awful. Oh, man. And to, to hear my wife whisper, I hate you and I love you and just be wrecked. Yeah. And there's, there's no way to really reconcile that. So all of this to say, I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm actually trying to go somewhere that I hope is helpful because that's what we're trying to do on the podcast for selling you cars. No, seriously, seriously. If you have people in your life that you are estranged with, but you have deep connections with, look, I understand you can't be friends with everybody. You can't get along with everybody. You may have had a terrible parent experience and there's a reason why you aren't connected to them. Mm -hmm. I'm not fighting any of that. My point is if the stuff between you is stuff that is just you're both being stubborn. Take the chance to reconcile that. Don't don't have this experience my wife did last week because it's it's awful. It's awful. Yeah, I'm and sorry it is. That, it's man. unrequited. And I got and I, there was nothing for me to do but be a husband and stand there and be supportive. Yeah, yeah. but it broke my heart for her. Yeah. And I don't want that for any of you. So there's my weird, I, I, I promise that's the darkest I get on this podcast for a while. <laughs> but in the midst of everything else, look, it's, I'm trying, it's to, all finish, good. I'm trying Honestly. to finish a movie. And this happens. And my wife goes, can you go with me? And I said, of course I'm going with you. With me, with you. And she said, well, you're going to color correct while we're gone. And I said, I have to be home to color correct, but let's go. So movie will be finished. Yeah. But deaths are now happening. It's, it's insane what's going on with this film. No, I'm so glad you shared. And honestly, if there's a way that cars can help you reconnect, if it's, if it's anything, I don't care if it's cars oh, sure. or whatever, whatever the venue is, or medium it is. Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I've gone through that with my own family and my sister and, you know, my mom passed 15 years ago and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what that's like for your wife. I, I mean, we're close as well. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just, I'm gutted for her. And, and despite everything that's going on with you and I, none of that matters. It only mm-hmm. mattered that you were there by her Absolutely. side. That is the Absolutely. only thing that matters. Yeah. If the film got postponed, if stuff happened, mm-hmm. whatever, I appreciate it. I, I know appreciate all you guys would understand. It. Yeah. But yeah, I'm in full agreement and just, I I would love to think that if you can reconnect with cars, then, and that brings your families together. If it's, you know, a car that, you know, your father, your mother had, and it comes back in your life. I've heard plenty of those kinds of stories. Sure, sure, sure. You know, my dad had this car and maybe that's, that's the literal and figurative vehicle for reconnecting with your family. My, my wife I had that, that experience where she was like, what else can happen? No, wait, I didn't say that. I didn't say <laughs> no. that. I didn't say that. We're not saying that, actually. <laughs> we are not. Corvette movie comes out in four days. I'm very excited. We're excited to share it with all of you. Uh, well, it doesn't come out. It gets premiered. It, it is well, not available for sale true. quite no, yet. Thank you for clarifying. So that is, a little caveat there. It doesn't come point. out. It's, it's only for the local premiere at our yes. Park City Library, Public Library. Auditorium. I, we should be perfectly yes. clear, and I, and I want you guys to know how much we're excited to share this movie. But because we are we're literally clawing, fall, and scratching, falling the across line. the finish line of this movie, we, our, our drop dead date has been this premiere. And so, once it hits the premiere, we will finally have enough movie to actually send it out to all the places you would get it, which will be Amazon and Vimeo and Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. So, think about the fact that. Just because we say, okay, movie's done, doesn't make it on all those platforms instantly either. It's got to upload. It's got to be approved. It's got to all right. of that stuff, too. The Blu-rays have got to be pressed and sent back. Uh-huh. Those have so, to be manufactured. All of that to say, yeah. 
if, if you feel like, where's the footage? Because you would think things like, hey, where's the poster? Hey, where's the trailer? <laughs> we have held those close to the vest because we keep going, you know, let's wait until the movie's really done and you can actually buy it. And then we'll have it everywhere. everywhere. Yes. Yes. And a caveat, you may have seen our posting on our Facebook page mm-hmm. for the premiere. I really feel like Facebook is a great venue for events. And I, it's fantastic that it's up there. Uh, actually, Chance put it up there for mm-hmm. us. And so... If you are available to come, you are absolutely more than invited. We are going to be showing it on quite a nice projector really cool. and yeah. surround system. And this is actually a Sundance Film Festival venue. Yeah, it's going to be very they, cool. They use yeah, it for a lot of screenings. And so this particular venue is the Park City Public Library in mm-hmm. Park City. It's the third floor. It's called the Jim Santee Auditorium. So you're absolutely invited if you can make yeah. it. But the film itself is not available at that point. And so think of it as a, uh, a New Year's kind of gift. But you've just got, you know, waiting makes the <laughs> Heart grow fonder, or something like that, right? It's it's very very likely that between Christmas Day and New Year's Day, you can have it in your hands one way or another. But we've got to actually hit the premiere, yeah. And then we'll and actually Amazon tell you what's actually available. Postal service goes crazy, and yes. UPS and FedEx are bonkers, and yes. so yes, yes. We don't anyway, know what shipping will be like, we but are it is doing coming. Everything we, we can. Trust me, as you can it's tell just... from the stories, we've been doing everything we can. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we've got a great topic Tuesday. It's a question from Matthew H who asks us the single most important thing that makes or breaks a driving experience, which I think would be great for mm. you and I to discuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've also got a car debate from Michael Kay in Kansas City, Missouri, who writes to us with the red pill or blue pill question. <laughs> it's Guys, the Matrix email. <laughs> what should I do? He's actually rediscovering the disease. And yes, we are <clears throat> more than... Doing our best to find Yeah, happy those to flames. be carriers of that problem. Yeah, for sure. There is a little bit of news. Uh, Hayden has written to us, as many of you have, about the new G20 BMW wagon. The new mm-hmm. 3 Series wagon yeah. will not be sold in the U.S. And his question is, how do we get enthusiasts to buy new more often? Or are we enthusiasts to just too small in numbers? I don't think it's that necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I think that the more people that we reach and the more sharing that you do of the podcast, the more people will... Have their disease reawakened, I guess. Possibly. It'll come possibly. back to life. We've heard a lot of that from this, for sure. Yeah, It's yeah, just yeah. an unfortunate reality of people's lives and the buying public. It's mm-hmm. just you've got life. You you want to do airport runs. At least around here, you, you know, feet get muddy and you don't want to have to worry about your car and you just want to beat on it and put the dogs in the back and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And so we get it. CUVs, SUVs are really what the buying public wants in the U.S. But then I keep going to, you know, my thoughts about Europe and thinking mm-hmm. wagons are huge over there. They are the SUV. SUVs don't do that great. They do okay. Yeah. But they well, do smaller streets and all that. But also, here's the thing. You know, BMW has been selling things like the GT version of their cars to five people. Why on earth would you not keep selling this wagon? Can't you find... 20 people that really want one. Yeah. Uh, but 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 we are... Hayden, BMW's we are, good at that. Ferrari and BMW are good at that. Seriously. Hayden, we are kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. I've talked about this before. We enthusiasts, and I am the president of this world, we enthusiasts want to buy that really awesome car. When it comes down a bit, it's available used. Yeah. We, we have to go put our money where our mouth is and be like, I want one of those right now so that auto manufacturers go, oh, okay, cool. So people are actually buying that. I mean, if, so if sell these, I, sell I will these. say this, and I'm not saying that this is ever going to happen, but if I know these are very different cars, but why I'm bringing them up, if the GTR and the 86 were both being bought as fast as they could make them, they would refresh those cars faster and they yeah. would be even better. But yeah, neither of those sure. cars sell that well. 
and both mm-hmm. of them are driver's cars in their own capacity at completely different price points. So it's very interesting. Things like the Corvette and the Mustang, they're not going away almost more because of history than because of huge buyer yeah, count. Legacy, history, yes, all absolutely. of that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I I agree. I would love to see the wagon form, but then people think, well, I get a little bit higher ride height, and mm-hmm. I, you know, it's not a sort of step down into the car. It's just kind of a straight across. I slide right into the car, kind of thing. And my my city has potholes, and I'm worried about it. my low slung car. I mean, I get that, and then I go out and buy the stuff I buy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'm bummed to hear that BMW has made that decision, mm-hmm. but you'd think, especially BMW, could find. Like you said, the 20 buyers. Yeah, for sure. It is happening that direction, but I'm I'm wondering if at some point there's a bit of a a, a turnaround. I don't like using the word backlash. Like, I don't know what a forward lash is, so what is a backlash? <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, it's more of a turnaround in terms of enthusiast, mm-hmm. the enthusiast market growing once again. We're not in that place yet, but I, yeah. I'm hoping, I'm being in... You know, optimist here. Yeah. I'm hoping that is coming back towards us and car and companies discover that, all right, with everything else we build, and then maybe once electric cars are pretty ubiquitous, mm-hmm. we start getting more performance and enthusiast mm-hmm. models around that. Maybe. Possibly. Well, I forget who, I don't have it in front of me, and I apologize to you, but but somebody asked the question about, they said they heard an interview with the, the head of Genesis brand about why won't Genesis do an SUV, and that CEO, again, I'm sorry I don't have it in front of me, that CEO made the comment where he said, well, we believe that at some point buyers, younger buyers, are going to see the SUV as the car their parents drove. But this wow. is how this is how the cycles work, though. Okay, this is how the cycles work, because huh, a car yeah. is bought so much that it becomes the car you don't want because everybody has one, or I have uh, perceptions of that about being boring because my parents drove it or my grandparents drove it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and that then shifts the market in a new way where, okay, we now all have to buy. I mean, let's be honest, honestly. Part of the reason that electric cars sell right now is because they are an alt idea. I realize there's a lot of reasons people buy electric cars. I'm not saying this is the reason. But there is a segment in electric car buyers where they're buying it because it's just different. And once cars, okay, once okay. Car, a car type becomes so popular that everybody has one, there is burnout. This happens on movies and novels. and It happens on all kinds of consumer products. Sure. Everyone has one. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll go to a ridiculous one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You remember the, the, the bass that sang, don't worry, be happy, that oh, you hung no. on your wall? Thanks a lot. Yes, we're all seeing it in our head right now. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. But, uh, but here's the thing, though. Every one of you listening either had one or knew someone that did. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And now those, even the people that had them that thought they were hysterical, those are collecting dust in the closet and they aren't out anymore because everybody bought it and then it was really, really over. There will be some sort of shift in the car world back around to enthusiast cars being available. But yeah, I don't think it's ever going to be a mass part of the market. Let's hope, look, because of what we do, let's hope that that driving still matters as we go forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to say thank you, Captain Obvious, to me, but it is the... All the the practicality thing that people are discovering, wow, I've got plenty of space for this and I can go everywhere and can do this. That is all thrown out in search of the feeling, which is Mm -hmm. all the difference in the Mm -hmm. world. And that's when car enthusiasts, I guess, models will come back from car manufacturers. I don't think they're quite dead. We're just in a lull. Hence the Acura NSX and all the... Yeah, the fact that you're just shopping for one randomly. Man. That's funny. Shall we try to cover this topic Tuesday? Yes, there is one quick update that I want to give from oh, Ryan yeah, okay. K in Oregon about the Carfax 
question that we had oh, gotten. That's right. yeah, yeah. And Ryan, thank you for writing in. He just wrote to us with a little bit more of information. He said, his understanding that, that Carfax primarily obtains their data from available public records, mm. the DMV, mm-hmm. accident reports, police reports. But he thinks a small percentage of body shops report data to Carfax. But in general, this is not a favorable practice for their customers since now yeah, all that accident cases. data is now public information. Yeah. So then, you know, the insurance companies don't report that data to Carfax for the same reason. Now, he's saying, well, there's a lengthy delay in the data reporting that is sometimes, you know, from the public records, uh, from the insurance companies to the public records. But he's yeah. also saying that it takes a year, up to a year to obtain a police report, at least from the Portland, Oregon police. And he said maybe more in other markets. So I appreciate that update there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. It was it was a question mm-hmm. that, you know, why did this accident not show up on my Carfax? And yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It just... it. It's bureaucratic tape. And well, you, you are reliant on somebody reporting, and if the reporting doesn't happen or the, the turnaround doesn't happen for them to go look for it again, when's it going to show up? I see that. Yeah. yeah. So, Ryan, thank you for writing in with the information. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, let's get to the debate here or the Topic Tuesday to start with. Yeah, yeah. Question from Matthew H. And really, it's what we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. the thing that that qu- not quite indescribable thing that we... We're going to try to describe it. Good we, luck to And us. we are yeah. going to. Uh-huh. <laughs> the The... The intangibles, I guess, mm-hmm. the single most important thing that makes or breaks a driving experience. What mm. is that? Mm. And I think it's different for both you and I. It is. And I realized I can't I can do a category that then like balloons outward in explanation, if that makes sense. And so I'm gonna kinda talk about a category and talk about the pros and cons of different fingers off of that idea. Because I I think for me, it really comes down to connection to the car. Hmm. I was trying to think of what is something that I can blanket over all kinds of vehicles I like. And it is connection to the car. And I don't mean like, oh, look, I'll go to the E-Type. My dad had one. And it's the car that got away. And so that's nostalgia not the kind of, is that's not, not the kind of connection I mean. I mean when okay. I'm sitting in a car and I feel connected. This is a combination of my integration to the car and the handling. It's a combination of those two things. And everything I can think of about all the cars I like, those two things are done well. Now, I can unpack this further, but ultimately, it's how connected to a car do I feel, okay? If you drive a huge barge of an automobile, you're not really connected. Its point is to disconnect you from all of the harshness and all of the driving. Disconnection is the intention of a limousine, of a big S <laughs> We're here to disconnect you. Seriously. I mean, really? You're sitting in the back seat of a, you know, a, a, a Maybach, and the whole point is you are not connected to what's going on at all. Obviously, that's the extreme example, but you follow what I'm saying. Sure. So... The obvious connection point, of course, is handling, but even more important than that, I want, when I'm in a car, if I make a move on the controls, the car responds when I make the move. Okay. There's not, you know, there's not a delay between gas, brake, steering, whatever You're talking about any of the controls, whatever uh, exactly. that is. Shifting, I'm talking about, I'm steering, talking about any kind of car. This is why an SUV can be fun to drive or not fun to drive. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you turn and the car is, it, the SUV is turning with you. Now, look, it's going to have more body roll than your sports car. Of course it does. But if it has like extra body roll that's like doesn't make any sense, that's not right. That's not connected to what you're expecting. So it's, it's you turn and, and the vehicle turns. You brake and the brakes are responding. You're not having to find, oh, oh, I have to accommodate the car in this way to make it do that. That's starting to kill the, the process. Hmm. That's interesting. I 
I actually think we're a little bit more similar than I thought okay. in, in terms of this, but I want to break this down further, and that is the exceptions to every rule category, mm -hmm. because we could categorize it, and there have been many of you responding to this question already on Facebook, and and I really appreciate it, because there's the categories of things like, what about city driving and traffic driving? Well, yeah. you know, no, what car is fun in those? You know, the Toyota 86 <laughs> is a good example. Back of the Maybach is nice. For it's, that, yeah. it's great, <laughs> but is that our category? Is that our benchmark? Yeah. Toyota 86, I don't want to be stuck in traffic in that car. It opens up into this glorious driving machine on a canyon road. Yeah. How about track driving? Mm. I don't want an Alpha 4C on the track. But on a canyon road? Sure. On Pacific Coast Highway? Yeah. Yeah, I, I see really that. do. I see that. Yeah. How about power? Mm. Is is this, you know, the the best thing mm. about the car is it well, it's just got to have a lot of power. Well, talk to the legions of Mazda MX-5 owners. Yeah. No. Yeah, fair. fair it's fair. about holding your speed. Mm -hmm. Care less about power. It's the delight in holding your speed. How about handling? The Nissan GTR will destroy most cars. Mm -hmm. We don't think it handles very well, or at least gives very good feedback. It handles great, but it doesn't tell you anything about it. It, it disconnects you from it, the process. That's, a, that's yeah. a better way of putting it. Yeah. It does track and handle very well. Mm -hmm. It just I'm I'm devoid of information. Yeah. I don't know how we got there. We're here, but I don't know how we got <laughs> We're there. Here and I'm very impressed. But <laughs> I know? could be sitting at the passenger seat and be just as involved. Yeah. How about seating position? Well, huge, huge. N in this case, what about the custom-built Porsche 914 with the two-inch uh, headliner chop? Yes. The roof chop mm -hmm. that we drove mm -hmm. for one of our episodes. It came from Guerrero's Garage. It's a custom yeah. build. Yeah. I want that car desperately. It's a terrible seating position. <laughs> And I want it. <laughs> it is not comfortable. Well, yes. And it looks great. And I want it. Yeah, and it drives can, great. You can always make exceptions, personal exceptions for, I'm just going to put up with that. But when I think about, like, if I get in every category of car I can think of, what are the cars that speak to me? And it's always how I am connected and vital to the car. And I will even say, look, I'm the guy I'm, that goes on and on about steering feel. Funny. I'm in agreement here. I I love steering feel. I own the Lotus Elise. I go on and on about it. You, you give me trouble because nothing else has that steering feel. And you're right. But I will even say that steering feel is a bonus here but not a requirement. Hmm. Because you can have really good turn-in and really good controls and, I guess, integration to a car that doesn't have much steering feel. But yet you feel vital to the process. And when you make a move, the car follows suit. But there isn't much steering feel. Okay, hmm. I like having steering feel, but that isn't the make or break for me. I don't want to have slop either in the ergonomics or the seats. That's all about this integration thing. I want to feel like the seats yeah. fit me. I'm not going to come out of them. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to – I don't have quite enough support. But you or, might be willing to overlook a few things if something else yeah. you know, comes well, up into play. That, I'll give you a great you example love. in the cars I own. The Lancer has some of the best seats sold in a less than good seating position. And that's true of the yeah, Evo. True. The seats are awesome, but I can't quite. The, They're awesome the, in the wrong place. Cause, exactly. Because <laughs> the wheel doesn't tell us <laughs> I can't quite get the exact <laughs> yeah. seating position I want, but the seats are great. You know what? I'm overlooking that. Of course, in the Lotus, I could give you the list of things overlooked. But wow, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a long list. All right, Matthew, to put it succinctly for me, I think it's the way a car behaves for me when, when I'm one-on-one -on -one with it. Accelerating from second to third gear through a corner and just letting the car match my driving style. Hmm, hmm. Does it match? Do we sync up? Do we mesh at that point? Sure, sure. Because getting it out of the city, getting it out of traffic, and mm -hmm. you know, getting it to that point, I'm reserving judgment. And that's why when we get press cars and drive cars for the show, we're starting to experience it. We're starting to experience the seating position, the yeah, controls, yeah, yeah. but we're reserving our review and our judgment until we get it in that spot. Mm-hmm. 
a city car, we don't. You know, it, it depends on the car. But sure. Generally sure, speaking, yeah. those performance enthusiast cars that we're searching for, we wait until we're at that spot. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then we, you know, reserve judgment. Then we, I guess, yeah. pass judgment. Does this speak to me? Do I mesh with the driving style? Do I do I feel one with this car? Mm-hmm. That's the make or break moment. Interesting. I actually thought about the fact that the least important for me of all this list is actually power. I agree. And the reason yeah. I realize that is because it also dawns on me as I think about it, like cars that are wickedly fast. Go to any Tesla. Go to the Hellcats. Sure. Cars that are wickedly fast at a straight line. It actually doesn't require much of the driver. Mm-hmm. Can you wiggle your right foot is what's required. Again, GTRs. I'm not vital. It doesn't require I'm not you vital to be at there. all. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm not vital at all. And I, and I <laughs> want to feel like I, I was involved. It, it's a difference between, look, this is not a great analogy, but the difference between watching dancing and actually dancing. Okay, fair enough. Okay, I mean, I, you can. I'm not watch a great dancing. dancer. I'm not way. either. I'm I'm not either. But you can. I've watch seen people dancing, who dance, and they're really good, and it looks fun. That you is know? not me. You can dance and do halfway <laughs> decent, and think this actually is fun. And there is that. That's the kind of the difference as well. All right, great question. Really interesting, guys. If you've got a topic Tuesday questions that we could sit here and debate for the next twenty hours, mm-hmm. please write to us. Everyday Driver TV at Gmail. And uh, you can also write your car debates. We will get to a car debate, but for right now, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. Hey, guys, it's Jack Manning from The Lady Gang, and I'm sitting here with true crime TV producer and my best friend, Alexis Linkletter, and we are so excited that we are finally launching our true crime podcast called The First Degree right here on Podcast One. And each week, we are going to bring you the craziest true crime stories and talk to the people who are one degree away from each of these crazy events. And we've dragged crime journalist Billy Jensen along for the ride, and he can't get rid of us. Join us on The First Degree every Wednesday on PodcastOne.com and the PC One app. Also remember to rate and review. We've all got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, yes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing you do today. Geico presents Unhelpful Home Improvement How-Tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Michael in Kansas City, Missouri is writing to us with his red pill or blue pill question. (laughs) Like this. (laughs) He currently has a 2010 Ford Fusion SE, Mm -hmm. and he thoroughly enjoys it. He says he bought it brand new, and it's the longest he's ever owned a car. Replaced an 06 Honda Accord V6 Coupe manual. Well, he said a van ran into it, so Mm -hmm. that went away. Got the Fusion. And he's transitioned into his 30s and became content with driving as what we have named to be the appliance. Driving. Many of you have named this as well. Performance is sufficient. Good gas mileage. He's folded the back seat down a lot, and it it just works. It's useful. My car works. It's fine. I like it. But this is tying into what our Topic Tuesday was about. Mm -hmm. When is the moment when you forget all the practicality and you come back to ignoring and the list gets really long of things you hate (laughs) to achieve the one better thing? Yeah. 
you're willing to throw all this away and suffer to yeah. get this experience. And it still has to work for your life. I mean, there's no question about that. But at the same time, let's get some fun. And, and, and all of a sudden, hang on, maybe it was us. <laughs> Michael's had this problem. <laughs> all right. So he's been affected by the Takata airbag recall. And he said, mm -hmm. fortunately, he's been affected because... Ford has offered him a rental car to drive till his airbag can be replaced. Mm -hmm. And the rental car that he got was a Mustang EcoBurst, EcoBoost convertible. Yep. And it says, let's just say the experience he's had so far with this Mustang has unplugged me from this thinking, from the appliance thinking. That's cool. I Essentially love this. Essentially the, I love the this. blue pill thinking where you yes. wake up and everything is as you know it. Yes. He's, he's been disconnected from the Matrix is his <laughs> idea here. And he said even to the point that the Mustang is red, and which I Mustang really like. Yeah. is the red pill and it's red. I, this yeah, is it's very fantastic. Good. All right, so he still has and drives his Fusion once a week just to you know keep the fluids going and stretch its legs. Mm -hmm. And he's reminded how comfortable it is, but he can't get that Mustang out of his mind. He's been driving it for almost six months now, and he just got the letter. It's now his turn to get in line for the repair for the airbag, but now mm -hmm. he's discovered the nuisances, everything we've talked about, the list of stuff he doesn't like about the Mustang, how difficult entry and exit is, how far he's got to dig into the infotainment system for simple functions, the lack of cargo space, but then he says, every time the top was down, I completely forgot about all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, now he's in winter. We're all in wintertime. Yes. He's yes. in Kansas City, and he says it gets too cold even when the heated seat's on max. The vents, hot air cranked all the way up. Which suggests to me that he's actually tried this, by the way, which I love. I really love that you were like, I don't care that it's that cold. I'm going to try the convertible anyway. And he says the, the Fusion is blue. The Mustang's red. Yeah. It's literally red, red pill, pill or blue, blue pill. That's where we are. So he's actually looking at, okay, I think I want to buy something different. Fusion should go. I think I want to buy something different. Do I get the Mustang? Would I like a Fiesta ST? I love that there's a curveball at the end of this email about, by the way, they've got 2017 Fiesta STs, and those are super cheap. <laughs> exactly. So he, he's actually going, let me, let me have a car I like to drive, but still does all the life stuff. This is the whole reason the show exists, Michael. Thanks yeah. for being with us. Yeah, for sure. We've got a, the only problem I have with this email I didn't see a budget in here. I'm guesstimating based on the, that EcoBoost I didn't either. Mustang. So I'm guessing. But I'm guessing in the EcoBoost Mustang. Roughly 35. The EcoBoost, yeah. EcoBoost Mustang convertible is roughly 35 grand. So I'm yeah. shopping in that regard. And I have created drive homework ah, for our friend Mike. Drive homework is always great. Yes. All right. Well, you know, honestly, it's, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to drive a Mustang all year round. There really is. Of course not. And Absolutely. I understand with Absolutely. the convertible top and you've mm -hmm. got the heater blasting, but the EcoBoost premium fastback, which you said you want, even though you like the convertible, you're willing to go Mustang fastback. And the option code, the 201A package with the heated steering wheel, the EcoBoost premium comes with the heated and cooled seats. Mm. It comes with more stuff on it, essentially. And mm -hmm. it is kind of the sweet spot. And that is a manual transmission. And that loaded out right at 34, 35 for cool. me, somewhere cool, in there. Cool. Love it. Love it. So I do like that. And I, I'm with you on the 35,000, 30 to 35, somewhere in there. I think it's where we are, yeah. But then I went shopping, and you've heard me recommend this car before. There are BMW 230i's or a 2016 M235i convertible or coupe for 31 to $33,000. Because I think what you've fallen in love with, Michael, is that rear-wheel drive I agree. feeling. I agree. That classic mm -hmm. coupe mm -hmm. feeling, front engine, rear drive, manual transmission. Mm -hmm. Totally. Kind of the holy grail for you know what car enthusiasts are looking for, even though we drive mid-engine cars, but it is at least one of them. It, it's in that category, and yeah. when you want to experience, I love my car, and that's what you've discovered. Mm -hmm. Now, since you were eyeing Fiesta STs or Focus STs, I guess, yes, I like those for you as well. Mm -hmm. 
I'm personally really intrigued by the 2019 Hyundai Veloster N. The more that I read mm-hmm. about that car, mm-hmm. I'm really intrigued. It's an, a very far out there alt for me. It's something to mm-hmm. look at and then go buy yourself either the Mustang Fastback <laughs> okay. Premium yeah. or really take a hard look at very slightly used BMW 2 Series mm. and figure out what you want. There, I found a 2014 235i for 27. Hmm. 20 something thousand miles. I'm wondering why I'm not working on me to go, go buy this car. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there is no reason you can't drive those cars year round. Yeah. And this could be the car that that okay. really that really makes you feel like you love your car. I had the 228i on my list. Good. Love so it. So in that same world, that little four-cylinder BMW turbo, it's it's a normal sedan like you've had. You've liked all the sedan kind of creature comforts. And yet, hey, by the way, you know, the, you can actually have a car that's pretty fun to drive. Obviously, the 228i is not a four-door. I realize that. But we're still looking at kind of a sedan-ish shape. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we could go that way. If we do chase four-doors, you could look for deals on either. You found them around here for like 38, the Stinger. Yeah, yeah. And this is drive homework for you, Mike. Honestly, my question for you first before I go off another list is, you don't say that you have to stay Ford, but you've only listed Ford product because I think you've only been at the Ford dealer because of this Fusion thing. Mm -hmm. So I want you to go and branch out and drive lots of things. Even if you come back, look, if you come back, Mike, and you say, I bought an EcoBoost Mustang and convertible or fastback, we're going to say, congratulations, it's a very cool car. And I love that it ignited you in this area. So no problems there. But I want you to go drive a lot of other things. And I'm I'm with you, Paul. I I think rear wheel drive is the magic here. We love, obviously, we love the Fiesta ST. I'm not going to t- tell you out of that, but I bet you that the that your 2010 Fusion has a nicer interior than the brand new Fiesta ST. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, I think interior matters for the kind of normal life stuff for you is what I suspect. So let's talk rear-wheel drive cars. They're bigger than you've had, but drive the Stinger. See what kind of deals you can get. Again, here locally, they must sell them for mid to high 30s brand new. And also, what's the G70, Genesis G70, in the way mm. you would like it spec'd? What's that cost? Hmm. Don't know. It's, I, I'm not sure what your specs are going to be, but I suspect that in both of these cases, I'm probably a little bit above your budget by a few thousand. Normally, Paul does that, but I'm doing it tonight. <laughs> so there's that. Squeeze. I'm starting there. But, okay, you need to drive the Mazda RF. This is a year-round convertible. That's great, actually. Hard That's top, great. year-round convertible. Yeah. It's going to be everything you like about, I bet you, everything you like about the EcoBoost Mustang, a tiny bit less cargo space, but, oh, it's fun to drive. Mm-hmm. And then when it's cold outside and terrible, you can put that, that metal top up, and you'll be fine. Mm. Heated seats, not a big cabin to heat. You're going to be perfectly happy with it. I think you would love that car in any situation. Drive the Miata, Mazda Miata RF, the MX-5 RF. I think you'd like that even more than the convertible. Drive the convertible, buy one of those. It's fine. But I think the RF <laughs> may be the sweet spot for you. I know it's a foregone conclusion, but, Mike, you have to drive it. You've driven the Mustang and loved it. You need to drive an 86 platform, the BRZ yeah, or the FRS. always good. Always good. I know For I'm sure. a broken record. I know I've listed all of my greatest hits here, but you're introducing yourself to rear-wheel drive. You need to drive that car and just go, do I like this? Because it's actually as usable or more usable than the Mustangs. Simpler controls. You were frustrated by the control. By the way, more modern cars. More controls are buried. But anyway. Well, yeah. That goes it's just going to happen, unfortunately, goes along going with the from 20, 2010 to 2018. But go go at least drive it so you know what we're talking about because I think you'll be surprised by that car. And then I have <clears throat> I have two wild cards. Oh, you went deep. I just thought while we're out driving, 
There's a couple other things we need to drive. Okay. Actually, I just thought we of a third. is the royal we. Yes. You mean? I just thought of a third. It's in the, the same collective category. We. These are these are cars that are such dedicated sports cars with badges that are not on your radar because I think you're going to feel like I can't get one of those, but I'm going to give them to you. You need to go drive them because with the mid thirty thousand to spend, you can find all three: Porsche Boxster, mm. whatever you can get for thirty thirty five grand. Porsche Boxster, plenty of Boxster for that. Jaguar F Type and C Seven Vet Convertible. The vet for sure. The F type. I'm wondering, can you get them in that low? I, I think, can you get I think them that they low? Maybe there. I, but this is why we're in drive homework and wild card territory, because I think what's exciting in a grand concerted effort to spend more of his money. No, I think what's happened here is Mike has gone from I don't care about my car, my car's fine, mm-hmm. to the first pretty girl that walked in. Okay, and there's sure. nothing wrong with that. Okay, Mustang EcoBoost Mustang convertible is great. Okay, mm-hmm. but. Let's take everything you liked about that recipe, which, let's be honest, it was decently powered, rear-wheel drive, convertible top optional, but dedicated sports car chassis. Let's take that recipe, and let's run the gauntlet. Let's drive them all. Because that way, Mike, you can find out what you like better. It's not just you like that recipe. That's what the Mustang has shown you. If you come back to the Mustang, great, but go drive around. If you want to, obviously, drive the Camaro. I think the Camaro's problem is visibility. The Camaro but, would not be on my list for him. I can understand that. The be- Mustang certainly would be, but the Camaro. So I think drive you want around, a Camaro, you don't. Drive around this list and see what really strikes you, because I think that's the educational thing that can happen here. And what I'm excited for you, Mike, is rear-wheel drive car you love and can drive year-round. Please do that. For sure. Wow. Thank you guys for writing in. Really appreciate your questions. We've got to jump to social media questions, mm-hmm. and thank you guys for writing for these as well. We have uh, a big responsibility here for a track daily crush that we need to start off with from Uh-oh. Nico M. Oh, we've we've got to get to this. Okay, this All is right. tough. All right. And if you follow car social media and and uh, a lot of our fellow car journalists, mm-hmm. you'll know all these guys. Mm-hmm. Track daily crush. Okay. Matt Ferris Safari Nine Eleven, mm-hmm. built by Lee Keen. Yes. Doug Demiro's four GT mm-hmm. that he just bought from Carl Brower at, at yes. KBB. Yes. The blue and white one. Mm-hmm. And Tavarsh's Gallardo, the one he's rebuilding, and the I bought the cheapest, most ridiculous Gallardo on the planet. Kind of rebuilding, and I it, it from the from the stop, re- refurbishing, yeah. kind of doing everything to it. He's <laughs> finally getting the bumper on this car. Made and, the car again. Uh-huh. Yes. So what do we say? What what? Uh, where are you at with this? Mm. This is kind of tough. This is tough. I, I this I, honestly, this accidentally bumps me into a rant. Oh really? Yes. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> Matt, Matt Fair is a friend. Absolutely. And, I, and Absolutely. I, like, I like his cars. He's had a lot of really great cars that are very him and are very cool. And when he does things to his cars, his Mustang IRS is a great example. When he does things to his cars, he really kind of figures it out. And I, and I, I agree, like yeah. because I'm also not a wrench. I mean, I'm, I'm a wrench enough to do basic things. But I also like the fact that Matt's like, I'm going to hire people to do this. I also like that. <laughs> He's got to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But – I understand his reasoning for the Safari 911, but I feel like there is a collective zeitgeist thing happening right now where it's like, you know what we should do? We oh, should, yes. We should rally that car. Oh, yes. You mentioned this and to me the other day. it's just this thing that's happening where I feel like enthusiasts in general are going, you know what? We could rally. Folks, stop. <laughs> stop. No, it no. It works for some cars. It doesn't work for all cars. No offense to Matt, but here, here's, here's my, my slap. And this is going to be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, Okay. The things that make an enthusiast want to rally a car are the same things that make people buy a CUV. 
Okay. I want to Unpack ride higher. I want to ride higher. I'm worried about potholes. All I do is sit in traffic. I don't go very fast. These are the reasons people buy a CUV. You've taken a dedicated okay. sports car that okay. is designed to do what? It's supposed to be a sports car. And you've now jacked it up and made it soft suspension. You turn it into a rally car so you can drive it on your commute. Maybe. This is not a slap at Matt because I understand. I've heard his reasons. I get it. He's got a car collection. This is where he's progressed to. It sounds like fun. But, folks, buy a sports car and let it be a sports car. That's okay. I, I'm i I'm mixed on this. Because you want to rally a 928. I know. That's yeah, part of why you're mixed on this. Mixed. But and I can see. I support his rally 911 because his rally sports 911 car is cool. with the abilities for off-road uh, is I a get very it. unique animal. I get it. It's a unique but, thing. But you have it to doesn't work for every car, that. but for 911s, it works all day long for 959s and the Paul's defending Paris Porsche. Dakar. Newsflash. Rothmans, Newsflash. 959. <laughs> I want a Rally 928. I have not I seen any of these cars. I want the lights. I want the rack. I want the mud flaps. I want everything. So if, I'm going to jump if in. If I could drive my Lotus Elise to the ski hill, I would do it. Sports yeah. car can be a sports car. That's sure, fine. Sure, sure. I still sports think cars. Sand. I don't need an SUV. Blade I don't need on a sports car acting like an SUV. Anyway. <laughs> I am dailing the Farnan 11. No surprise. Are you? Okay. Absolutely. All right. All right. And I am tracking the Ford GT. And with yeah. much love to Tavarish, mm-hmm. I, I love what he's doing with the project to mm-hmm. bring this car back to life. I do respect and love it. But I want these other cars more, and so I'm crushing the Gallardo. I think separating it from his build for a second, I think the Gallardo is not aging well. You don't in general. I think it's just just it's, tech. And it's doing well that. on price. Yeah, just I mean, just tech and all that. Down. The the, the wor- world is moving on, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think that's the one I would crush as well. I'll be honest with you. This is this is my tacky one. I think the real answer is <laughs> the real answer is I, I align with you. And daily the 911 and track the GT. But my my real answer is I'm crushing two cars and just keeping the GT. Of course you are. Yeah. Of course you are. Probably out of polarity, just for the sake of polarity, no, right? No, out because, of spite to crush that 911? I, I sit here and I think about what's the car I really want to drive every day? It is the 4 GT. What's the car I really want to take on the track? Also the 4 GT. Sure, sure. But the benefits, the gloriousness of that Safari 911. Oh. If your commute is down a dirt road, great. No. If your commute is stop and go in no. Los Angeles, I'm sorry, I don't get it. You're you're creating adventures in your life based on the car. Just because you own uh-huh. the car, and I'm all for it, Matt. <laughs> all for it. <laughs> I'd still love to drive it. I just don't think the world of enthusiasts need to go rally everything. Let's rally. Stop it. Buy a sports car. Sports car. What if we rallied the 4GT? What if we rallyized that thing? What would that look like? That would be cheap. I need to sketch that up. That would be crazy cheap. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, what else you got here? Uh, let's see. Um, while we're on Track Daily Crush, let's go with WillVin80 on Instagram. He had a more normal one. <laughs> I did like that one, but let's go with more normal one. All Golf right. R, Civic Type R, or Mini Cooper, John Cooper Works, Track Daily Crush. Oh. All right. Uh uh, I am going to track the Civic Type R. I think we may align on this. Keep going. I'm going to daily the Golf R. And you know the rest. Honestly, I completely agree with you. Really? I completely agree with you. The Civic I, I Type think... R will shine on track. It'll, It'll be shine. Here's the thing. Neither of, none of those three cars are a track car first. 
So you're asking them to be a sure. track car. Uh, the problem that I have with the current Mini Cooper, John Cooper works, is it's starting to get as big as the other two. If it was still the size of the Generation Mini I had, it would be a real contender for a track car. But at this point, it just keeps ballooning, and it's about the size of those other two. Almost. Right. So right. at that point, I feel like the thing that it had as its ace up its sleeve is now gone. The Civic Type R is just crazy fun to drive hard. It's awesome. And the Golf it's R so is great. good in any situation. So, Okay. All right, design question from Michael Ann over here. He's asking, what current styling and design features do I find the most unpleasant and why? <laughs> Todd almost spit out of the water. It has a pickle fork on the front. That, let's just save ourselves some time. Anything, it has a Maserati badge on it. Anything and that's with just, that trident yeah. on the front. I still love that you called that a pickle fork. That will, That is forever my favorite, honestly. Oh, man. Yeah, anything built by Maserati. Until they build something good, I'm sure they're great. The detuned Ferrari block and all that blah, blah, blah. Have you seen Alfa Romeo? The, the recipe's there. They just can't bake well. That's really what we're talking about. Yes, yeah. so. Mm -hmm. And then he says also on the flip side, which ones have impressed me the most? The ones that are most unpleasant are fake badges or, or fake vents, I should say, more specifically. Mm, yeah. Fake vents don't vents do that, anything, yeah. They don't do anything. And, and it's a surprise to all of us when... That duct actually does a thing. You're right. We're conditioned when we're the other way. We're surprised by that. That's a <laughs> that's problem. A great point. We're conditioned to. Whoa, that's an actual working vent. People call it out in, yeah. the, in the article. This is a vent that does something. You meet the engineers that's like madness. spent time and and it's for airflow and cooling and intake for stuff and it works. <laughs> huh. Hey, everybody, Who knew? come see how cool this is. That is funny. Yeah. When we're at that point, which was at the point we are, yeah, <laughs> that's a big problem. We've reached this place. <laughs> And then the other is the fake exhaust tips that many journalists, many mm. people are calling out. Audi's the king of this. Mercedes is bad at it. There's a lot of the fake, like, hey, look, it looks like that. And then you look underneath, and it's like, well, that's just a kind of boring muffler under there. It, it's a little tiny circle that comes to some weird trapezoidal shape that blends to the body. And it's, it's, in many cases, it's not even connected. It's just like inside the trapezoidal yes. shape is this little pool cue size <laughs> it's a little tiny exhaust. like <laughs> exactly but i will say those exhaust ports those outlets are styled to match the styling of the car i know I and you'd that. rather them be there than not but then you have to ca calculate the expense of manufacturing the muffler the can the, mm -hmm. the tip and everything to actually be that mm -hmm. so i'd say the people that do it the best are jaguar Aston Martin. Okay. Porsche's up okay. there. Mm -hmm. The thing is the thing. That's the honesty of design, honesty of materials. Sure, 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 yeah. But on the other hand, a big luxury car, it says power. It's an AMG Mercedes. And then you look underneath, and you're like, well, okay, but why couldn't they? The car already cost a whole bunch of money. Why didn't they put the tooling in for? <laughs> <sighs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's along those lines. Uh, let's see. We have a, a, a bit of a, a marriage question here. Jabantes uh, 15 I got that wrong, but there it is. On Instagram, he, he essentially, here, let me shorten this story. He told his wife his current car he bought was the last car he's buying. Never do that. This, honey, this is the, it's, the la, it's the last one. I promise you it's the last. Let me get this car. It's my last car. Never say never, right? Now he has the car and he realizes it's not his last car. He'd like to buy something else. Now, first off, I'm not surprised. We're all, no We're all car people here. There is no None last car. There's just current car and the list that's still to come. That's right. That's right. And the list is ever growing and yes. changing and morphing. Absolutely. And and it, it does. I, I will say this in your defense. If you could probably, I, I, I bet you, I bet you money, if you could keep current car and add whatever other car you're looking, you would do that. 
<laughs> you would keep current car and add one, but of now course. we have cost and storage. And then we think, you know, what if I add my own shop? I'd have a lift. I'd have yes. tools. I'd have this. I'd have the pool table. I'd have the TV. What if I had a stadium for a garage? Everybody could come over and <gasps> Monday night poker. If it was unlimited storage, unlimited money, we'd all be Jay Leno. Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly. We'd all just be like, have you seen what I bought this week? Exactly. I have one of these two. I'm going to do so, stuff to it. So there's, there's, here's the thing. There's never a last car. There just isn't. Okay? So you're saying, how do you break this to your poor wife? Well, first off, you're going to lose that discussion. That's going to go badly for you for a while, and it's going to be a thing that she bugs you about. You know that last car that's not your last car? That That's I going see. to be the front – hi to your wife, by the way. That's going to be the front load of a conversation for a while. Slide that in there, huh? But, 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 but. Now speaking to your wife, what's her thing she can't stop buying? I mean, I realize, I realize if it's – if it's the stereotypical purses and shoes, but it may be cars. It may be, I don't know, what it, kitchens. Who kitchen. knows what it is? Exactly. Or bathroom. If you what pick is up the bathroom it? tile, kitchen, bathroom remodel. What is it that she keeps going, I want to tweak that or I want to get another one of those, okay? Mm-hmm. My, my wife has a sizable shoe collection. It's not a ridiculous shoe collection, it's but it is there. a sizable shoe collection. When you guys go on vacation, there's an extra suitcase full of yeah, shoes. Yeah, she takes lots of shoes. I know this. Uh, she has great shoes. But at the same time, if I ever, if I ever got logical about her shoe collection. There is so much overlap in there. I, I don't worry about it. Why? Because I buy weird things like cars, okay? And she tolerates that madness and she benefits from it. So it's all good. So my question for your wife is, what's her thing that she is never going to stop buying the last one of? It's not going to justify, but it can help you explain. So start there and then just absorb the fact that you said last car and it isn't. It's just not. And let's back away from that nomenclature of let's the, the last thing, yep. the last no, no, insert you're... object here that I'll ever buy or see or do or whatever. She's going to keep buying and so are <laughs> you. Just, just agree to disagree on what those things are and love them anyway. Wheels Turning on Instagram asked me a question here, a CPO question. What are the pros and cons to buying a car during the winter? Well, I'm guessing you mean an enthusiast car, and the obvious con is you probably don't get to drive it right away unless you do decide to take the plunge and you buy out winter wheels and tires mm-hmm. and you get it paint film protection and you go nuts and you yeah. really want to say, all right, I'm driving this all year round. You go, you go Paul nuts. I get the, it. Yeah. You, Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's why yeah. I said certified Paul owns. That's exactly. He, he's embracing it. Yeah, for sure. So obviously that is, I don't get to drive the cool car that I just bought. I can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. The pros can be many, as a matter of fact, because what if that enthusiast car didn't sell through the summer and fall, or maybe that owner mm-hmm. drove it through mm-hmm. the fall and just suddenly, you know what? I need to get rid of this. Sure. There can yeah, be a yeah. lot of pros. There yeah, can yeah. be pros in the negotiation and price haggling column. That can be a great benefit. Yeah. And if you do decide to drive it all year long, then yeah, you can start driving it right away. From a dealership standpoint, what about inventory? What about mm-hmm. wanting to get rid mm-hmm. of models, especially towards the end of the year? You all know this. End this of the month, into the quarter, into the year, and you can stack all those up in December for sure. Yeah. You know, a lot of car companies do incentives. Other mm-hmm. big car companies like GM, they just hack off workers. They just cut their um, <laughs> their entire <laughs> workforce. Ca- cash on the hood and... Fire people. Usually yeah. that's what car companies do is they first they start with rebates and incentives and mm-hmm. then let's see how far that goes. And then if that doesn't happen, more <laughs> drastic cuts happen. Jim decided to throw all that caution to the wind there. and It's all happening. What they're giving discounts well, to. Yes. But yeah. cars yeah. aren't selling. Newsflash. Yeah. Honestly, there can be many because, you know, that owner wanted to get rid of the car. Mm-hmm. It didn't sell for whatever reason. And you step in and say, all right, I'm willing to wait till springtime and I want the car and – you know, a lot can happen, but you've got to make sure, do your due diligence because if the car has been driven all, all summer, been mm-hmm. tracked, whatever that is, depends on the car, 
you've got to make sure, all right, yeah. are yeah. the tires going to be good? Am I going to have to dump a bunch of money into it come springtime? Or maybe that's what you do all winter long. You get something for a good price, and you're yeah. doing maintenance all winter long, and then she's ready to go come Sports springtime. cars when there's snow on the ground is about the only time you can haggle. <laughs> yeah, Don't kinda. buy a convertible in, in like June. <laughs> well, it's like trying to buy a lawnmower in April yeah. or a snowblower in October yeah. or you're right. You know, skis in now December. Now is not the time you get a deal. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> did work, you buy off, the car? work the off season. You didn't get the deal. Speaking of buying a car, Johnny F wrote in on Facebook and said, "Okay, okay, he's driven all the competitors. He drove the Camaro in various forms. He's decided that the Mustang GT350 is the car for him." He's just gone. This is, and, and we talked about it before. This is special, and he wants one desperately to the point that it's not. A, this is not a car debate. This is not a. It's a splinter. He's exactly. He's got to get this car. Then this is not a discussion of should I buy one. That 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 ship has sailed. Like, we are buying a GT350. July third. I need a barbecue grill. Exactly. I'm <laughs> buying a grill. There you go. There, I will there you pay go. whatever. Seriously, you have a grill. <laughs> I, I have steaks. Let's get this done. Now, anyway, so GT350. His question is, do I buy new or used? He's thinking, oh, look, I can save a little bit of money, obviously, buying like a one-year-old, not a whole lot of mileage. And a lot of guys have bought those and not put miles on them, which is a tragedy, mm-hmm. by the way, if you've heard that engine. But he's asking, should I buy just like a one-year-old one or should I just go new? And then he puts in here at the end, I don't know if I'll ever get rid of this car. I might actually pass this car down to my kids. This Ooh, is a car yeah. that has really landed on Johnny. Oh, yeah. If Here's my, my, my answer to you on this. What we said before. Enthusiasts need to buy sports cars new if we can. That encourages sports car makers to make more sports cars. So in that regard, I'd love for you to buy it new. But here's what I'll say to you. If you can find one and you can get it for its price, what it's actually supposed to cost, not market write-up, none of that. If you can get it for the MSRP or very close, get a new one. If you cannot, get a used one. That is the only caveat I'm going to give you. There is no reason ever, 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 (laughs) <laughs> to buy above except MSRP. for that whole never ever thing discussion yeah. we were just having just just <clears throat> do not buy above msrp that is ridiculous right okay i mean and, and when i say that i'm going to give you this caveat you got within a thousand okay but i'm talking about the gt 350 or the civic type r which is a thirty-five thousand dollar car people are saying oh but the the msrp on this is 55 grand no it's not the gt 350 is a seventy thousand dollar car no it isn't mm-hmm. buy it around what it actually is supposed to sell for then buy a new one. Well, Todd has been talking. I've actually found two examples that you okay. should buy. You Great. should really Perfect. actually consider. The first one is a 2016 Shelby GT350 in Oxford white with ebony interior and the blue GT stripes. 2,300 miles, mm. 52.9, which means I'll take 52. The MSRP okay. on that one was 57.9. And the other car, well, it is a blue one. Gorgeous. It's actually a 2017 GT350 for 55.9. Okay. 3,000 miles. That's brand new. It's nothing. It's nothing. Lightning blue metallic manual. Gorgeous. This has white stripes. I also really want this car. I mean, wow. That is the MGM MGM SL website, marshallgoldman.com. Oh, you love that site. In and they, Lawrenceville, and they, Ohio. And they don't give deals. So if they're that inexpensive on that site, then yeah. that's actually a fine. And these are like. I mean, they're pushed all of their per- stuff, so perfect. all of the, your websites. If you're ever curious about some of the websites Paul brings up, they are listed on our site. There's actually a posting he has on our website, everydaydriver.com. It's Paul's secret sites. I need sites. to update that, it's too. It's all kinds of sites he looks at. You can find it there. But I will say again, Johnny, if you can get one brand new that it's only ever been yours, you're going to keep it indefinitely, that's a fantastic experience. I will fully admit that. 
but buy it for real cost, otherwise shop used. Yeah, this is just a follow-up to what we've been saying uh, for the entire podcast, really, from Dad and Hammer on Instagram. At what point will CUV's performance characteristics get so good we won't miss sedans? We have physics to deal with. We have ride height and <laughs> center of gravity and yep, H-point yep. and I-point and all that stuff that changes CUVs and SUVs into things, well, they've gotten really good. Cayennes, mm-hmm. X6Ms, mm-hmm. X5Ms. Supersonic in a, in a high chair. That's what those They're feel amazing, like. They're yeah. amazing, but yeah. you're still driving a big truck. You are. You and are. you can still tell. Mm-hmm. And that's just based on the proportion and the size and the physics alone. Mm-hmm. And I so, mean, numbers-wise, we're there already. We're, we are, as far as numbers. It's we, happened. Big enough engine, put yeah. enough turbos on the thing. Well, and, but even in, Fine. like, you're starting to look at the crazy, crazy uh, G-meter stuff that these things pull in with <laughs> skid pads. Yeah. And it's starting to rival a, genuine sports cars. It's astounding. They put 80s supercars to shame. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're there. It's just they still feel large. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. There's a question over here from Scott M. on Facebook. What are our thoughts on driving simulators, and how do they compare to a driving school experience? Hmm. We've had this discussion at many of our driver's meetings to various track events we've been at. <laughs> yeah. And the driving instructors will fully admit, hey, for you PlayStation guys out there, I'm sure you know the track, but nothing compares to the conditions of the day. Mm-hmm. So driving simulators can, they turn on the rain and all that kind of stuff, but reality is still such a huge step beyond. Mm-hmm. And I know that the Nissan Academy, the driving Academy yeah. has graduated drivers who now become pro drivers. And I'll bet you they'd back me up in saying the conditions of the day, the conditions of the tires, mm-hmm. whatever that is, is the gap. That is the difference. And those, I've, been in those $30,000 simulators with the hydraulic actuators sure, and they throw yeah. you around and yeah, yeah. it still doesn't feel like the compression when you're down in a hole and you crest a hill and all that kind of stuff. It's still not the same feeling. It teaches you the track. Absolutely. That's the key teaches thing you the turn. It. it teaches you braking zones, the track. Oh, I can put my foot in it here. But even that, you're not going to be as bold. Actually, you shouldn't be as bold when you get to the actual track on the actual day. Mm-hmm. But, you, but, but knowing which way the track goes and approximately where your braking markers go, that is gold and fantastic. And let's be honest, F1 drivers use it for exactly Absolutely. that. Absolutely. However. They're vital for ha- this. Totally. However, feeling the G-forces, feeling the compressions, feeling your, your contact pattern and how your tires and your grip is going away, it's just not there. So it's, fan, it's a fantastic instructional tool. It's, it's running. Here's the thing. It's running on a treadmill to train for a marathon. Can you do it? Yes. Is it exactly the same? Not really. Yeah, that's a great point. And we don't have the driving simulators that F1 teams do. Those are no, no, that's a, a gigantic thing. Yeah, that's, that's a different thing. Beyond yeah, what we have sure. access to. But yes, they're, they're a useful tool. But otherwise, yeah, mainly a, a fun thing, right? Guys, thank you so much for writing to us. We really appreciate it, and we are definitely looking forward to next time. Cheers. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and... Uh, I feel like 
kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.